The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. That was one of our best ones ever. Come on, don't the movies. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening slash watching the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Uh, we are now directly in the middle of Commander Precon season, which means that We're we are at have, the end. That's right. We are nearing the end of Commander Precon season. Boy, what a season it's been, Josh. Looking back. You're right. It is sort of the middle. We're at the end of our deck upgrades. This should be the yeah. fifth one that comes out. Uh, which is really exciting because this is a really cool deck that we're about to look at now. The lead singer of this deck has been spoiled for a while, but this is our quick upgrades guide. So if you have bought the pre-con and are looking to take 10 cards out and put 10 cards in, then this is the guide to go to. This is the way to take that deck and tune it up just a little bit, and you can take this right into a game and do pretty well, to be honest. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the Abzan Symbiotic Swarm, the Ability Counters deck. It's really interesting. Mm. Um... This is, again, one of the decks I'd say. This and the Mutate deck are the ones that kind of harken towards the main set more than the other three. Yeah. So, obviously, we're going to be talking about a new deck. If you want to pick up this pre-con, any of the other pre-cons, any cards from the main set, Aquaria Lair of Behemoths, anything at all, really, that's magic-related, please go on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you mm -hmm. use that affiliate link when you buy any of your ma magic products, singles, Anything at all, you're going to buy that stuff anyway. If you just use the affiliate link when you do, you really are supporting this show, Game Nights, all of our content. We do want to say with the COVID crisis going on, Card Kingdom is facing reduced uh, operations. Stat page operations, yeah, yeah. So please check their website to make sure that um, they're going to be able to fulfill your order in the time that you want to because shipping and stuff has been affected, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, if you're watching this now, hopefully you're, you know, if you're, well, not hopefully, but <laughs> I mean, hopefully COVID crisis is going to be over sooner rather than later. And if you're watching at that point, then Card Kingdom is going to be the fastest no matter what. In fact, they're probably the fastest right now, too, because everybody's kind of shut down. So, yeah. And your support does mean everything to Card Kingdom, to us as well. And this is obviously a time where everyone's running into a bit of trouble and hardship so we do appreciate it um and another sponsor of the show as always is ultra pro they've been with us through thick and thin and this is definitely the thick of it right now <laughs> true. Uh, but they make amazing play mats they make the sleeves that go on your cards they make the dice they make the deck boxes and they really do create everything that really brings you into the world of the game and that to me is one of the best parts about magic is playing a deck getting everything out and feeling like you are really the commander uh, and another way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone, you get all kinds of cool perks like uh, chatting with Jimmy and I each and every day mm -hmm. on our Discord server. You get to see game nights a day earlier than everybody else. Also, we shout out one lucky patron every single episode. This episode is dedicated to Ooh. Ethan, Ethan Pie. Pie. <laughs> 
Ethan, Ethan, you rock. You rock. And, and Ethan actually is at the Discord tier. So, Ethan, we'll hope to see you on the Discord very soon. We do have a lot more time now to peruse those boards, which is great. Uh, and we also want to say really quickly here that we know it's a rough time right. financially and economically for a lot of people out there. And Patreon support or even ordering Magic cards might not be something that you feel you can do right now. Obviously, a lot of people getting you know laid off or reduced mm -hmm. hours at their jobs. Something you can do to still support our content if you're so inclined is just give us a comment. Yeah, uh, leave a rating on the podcast app that you listen to us on. Yeah, just follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Hit the subscribe button. Those are those are things that cost nothing and, and do help the show still. Yeah, if you're watching this right now and haven't hit the subscribe button, please just click it really easy and you can hit the little notification bell so you can get alerts as to when all of our Commander content is coming out because we are not slowing down here. Yeah, we still got set reviews for mm -hmm. both sets. <laughs> There's a lot still left to do, so you're not going to want to miss it. All right, let's get into the upgrade guide, the budget upgrade guide for this Abzan Symbiotic Swarm, Swarm. deck. Um, as with the other ones, we're going to recommend 10 cards to put in, 10 to take out. We're going to stay in a total budget of around $25. Uh, and as usual, we're not going to mess with the mana base. Again, the mana base will work. It will be fine as yeah. is if you have shocks and fetches and stuff like that obviously put them in the deck put them in yeah and the man bases of these are built out pretty well all right let's move on to talking about the new commanders present in the set and this one is the lead singer the one on the front of the box it's cathril aspect warper <laughs> it is a nightmare insect so yeah, that, it's scary looking yeah <laughs> so this is two in abzan or white black and green for a three three legendary creature nightmare insect get ready for some word soup here we go when Cathrol enters the battlefield, put a flying counter on any creature you control if a creature card in your graveyard has flying. Repeat this process for First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. Then put a plus one, plus one counter on Cathrol through each counter put on a creature this way. Okay, really quick breakdown how this works. You cast Cathrol or it enters the battlefield in some way. Then you look into your graveyard. If a creature card in your graveyard has flying, congratulations, you can put a flying counter on any creature you control, including Cathrol. And then you repeat that process and look through your graveyard to find all of the other keywords that are listed here. And then you can put those counters on any creatures you control or again Cathrol. And then when you're done with all that, count the number of counters you put on creatures and then put plus and plus and counters on Cathrol for each creature or each counter that's been put on the creature this way. New mechanic this set, there are now ability keywords that are counters. So you can get something that says flying, it's a little counter, you put it on the card, and the card gains flying, and it counts as a counter on the card. Same goes for all of the other keywords. It actually is, it, it, it reads confusingly, but it's actually pretty simple when you yeah. play it. I know online, there's been a lot of discussion that'll be hard to keep track of or whatever. They're actually going to put the little, um, you remember in Amonkhet, how yes. we had the brick counters, and there was like a separate card that came in the booster pack? A little punch-out card. Yeah, and so they have punch-out cards with Ooh. ability counters that come in um, the booster packs and stuff, and so we've got some here in our hands, and we'll put uh, the little ability counter thing on screen. But anyway, you're going to be able to have these, so it's not actually going to be that hard to keep track of. Yeah. Uh, and it is really, really cool, because what Catherine does is kind of spread abilities around to your creatures in the manner that you want yeah so you get to sort of build your own monsters or or monster and then <laughs> Catherine also gets bigger this is it's actually pretty powerful we've played the decks again a few times and whenever Catherine gets cast even if you only get like three abilities and three plus one plus one counters it's like all of a sudden Catherine is like a six six it With has like death proof. touch yeah something else gets indestructible like it, it kind of 
it it definitely plays better than it reads. Yeah, and it feels like something that you can build either a big go wide deck and make a lot of individual monsters, or just straight Voltron and make Cathro a very very hard to remove thing. And uh, this isn't related to Commander, but I want to say that. I got a chance to draft this set, a really early version of it, when I went to visit Wizards like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And that was when I drafted Commander Legends also that same day. And in draft, the ability counters are really, really sweet. It was one of those oh, things yeah, where it's just like light bulb and you're like, ding, why haven't they done this before? This is really <laughs> cool. So anyway, I like the ability counter thing a lot. Um, moving on to the next or the other new commander. There's obviously a partner pairing, as with all the decks, uh, but the other sort of single new commander that comes in the deck that you could run as the lead singer right out of the box is Tayam. Tayam? Tayam. Tayam. Who knows? Tayam Luminous Enigma. It's the Riddler. Okay. <laughs> uh, one, a white, a uh, black, and a green. So one in Abzan for a 3-3. Legendary creature, Nightmare Beast. It says, each other creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional vigilance counter on it. Whoa. So all of your creatures that enter the battlefield get vigilance, but kind of forever, not... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can pay three and remove three counters from among creatures you control, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard, then return a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So... Tyam doesn't even care what the counters are. Right. And you can remove three counters from among creatures you control. So it's not three from any one creature. If you have two plus one plus one counters and a flying counter on different creatures, you can just grab all three of those. And then... It sun tightens something back. Yeah. I mean, that could be a, a, a evolving wilds too. So it can mm-hmm. actually ramp you. Yeah. There's a lot of things. Wow. That work very here. powerful. Very powerful. Uh, the big thing here is that you want to have a lot of counters on creatures, obviously. Um, but it's cool because it mills you as well. So it keeps that engine going. Um, and it works well with Cathrill, depending on who you're running as the lead singer, because you want cards in your graveyard to trigger Cathrill's stuff. I really like this because it also will synergize with other plus one, plus one counter mm-hmm. cards that exist in Magic because, yes, we have a Cory of the main set and we have this pre-con, but the number of cards in all of Magic that are going to add ability counters is going to be small Yeah, just because that's that's all we've got, a Coria, Lair of Behemoths, and this pre-con deck. And so if you open that up with Tyam to no plus one, plus one counters and even like, I don't know, there's like weird... Coin counters and stuff from yeah. Other there's things. all sorts of random things. Yeah, you, you could put those cards in the deck, a uh, Tyam deck. So that seems pretty cool. Yeah, and Tyam too. Uh, in, in these colors, we have Gave, who's literally the plus one plus one counter commander. So these are the colors to get plus one plus one counters as well. So you can definitely find those synergies in there. That's also known as Gave to everyone. Ga- yeah, no, right. Yeah. Every time I say Gave, my soul dies a little bit. Gave just sounds so much better. To I'm me. just gonna call it Gave. I don't care what they say. <laughs> okay. The next two cards are the partner pairing, so they have to be played with each other if you decide to make these elite singers. It's Yannick Scavenger. Sentinel to a green and a white for a 3-3 legendary creature Hyena Beast. It partners with Nakara, Lair Scavenger, who Josh will read in a second. This card has Vigilance, and when Yannick enters the battlefield, exile another creature you control until Yannick leaves the battlefield. When you do, distribute X plus one plus one counters among any number of target creatures where X is the exiled creature's power. So this is a little interesting. Obviously, when this enters the battlefield, you choose another creature you control until Yannick leaves. And then when Yannick leaves, that creature comes back. However, when you do have Yannick leave the battlefield, you distribute X plus one plus one counters amongst any number of target creatures. Again, you can split this up where X is the exile creature's power. So if it's a five power creature, when Yannick leaves, boom, five plus one plus one counters go across the board. That's pretty cool. Works with Tyam. Yes. 
uh, I guess works with Cathrol a little bit in that Cathrol does get plus one, plus one counter, so that synergy is in the deck. And it has Vigilance, so yeah. it's in the graveyard, yeah. It could have double Vigilance if Kayam's <laughs> out. Sick. <laughs> it actually does tap at that point. It, it's like the plus one, minus one counter. It's like the negative ah, plus a negative is dark. actually a positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, the partner is Nikara, Layer Scavenger. Two and a black for a 2-2 two, two, legendary creature, human cleric. Partners with Yannick, of course, has Menace. And says, whenever another creature you control leaves the battlefield, oh. if it had one or more counters on it, you draw a card and you lose one life. Oh, very nice. So again, if Yannick comes in and gets rid of a creature with plus one, plus one counters on it, then you draw cards with Nakara. And, and then when Yannick goes away, put more counters, counters out. When those more things potential go, draw from Nakara. Yeah. Also, Tyam puts counters on every creature you play, Vigilance counters. Yeah. Cathril puts a lot of counters out there, gets counters itself. So Nakara just synergizes with everything going on because... Nakara doesn't care if it's a plus one plus one counter mm-hmm. or an ability counter or what. You just or a charge counter. It, she doesn't care. Yeah, Nakara's actually pretty powerful. Yeah. It, again, draw a card, lose the life. Very, very good cards. Or very good uh, text on the card. Okay. Let's break down what this deck is all about in our favorite segment. Stats. Statistic time. <laughs> all right. So in this deck, there are 21 new cards. Uh, and that means that of the rest of them, there are 61 reprints. And 18 of those are basic lands. So overall, 79 reprints. Those added together is 100. It's This is a little bit lower amount of new cards than we've seen in some of the other decks. One of them had, I think the Soltai deck had like 29. Yeah. Which crazy. is a little surprising because this is the ability counter commander. And mm-hmm. you would think they would put they would need to put more new cards in since ability counters is a new thing. So I'm a little surprised. Yes. It's still a higher number than any other pre-con from any other year, though. Yeah. They usually had like 17, 16. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The nice thing is that these cards do work with the history of magic much better than Mutate does necessarily because there are less cards you just reference care counters. about Mutate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that maybe makes sense there. All right, let's dive into the deeper stats. In the deck, there are 11 cards that ramp you, which is great. Uh, three of those are lands, so it's like the Myriad Landscape, Cross and Verge, and the Blighted Woodlands. They're not super efficient later on, but they are very good if you can play them on turn one, um, except for Blighted Woodland. Card draw, six card draw spells in here, um, which eh, it's a little low, but it kind of makes sense because there are a lot of other ways to get advantage through your graveyard, so it's kind of like having more cards in your hand. Oh, that's a really good point. Um, but two of the card draws are conditional, so Seder, Wayfinder, and Grizzly Salvage only get specific cards when you play them. They're like kind of card draw. Maybe yeah. added together, you might count them as one. Yes, yeah, so maybe card draw is closer to five than, than six. So card draw is a little light in the deck, it feels yep. like, but I do like what you said about graveyard recursion kind of standing in for a card advantage. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. There are four board wipes. Good. So that sounds about right. And then six sources of single target removal. And these colors definitely have, I think, the greatest swath. Anytime you have white and black, you have access to the best removal in Magic. Yeah, and you can always add the easy ones like Sword Supply Shares and stuff if you want. I mm-hmm. like the board wipes. Um, we've usually seen around three in the other decks. Four yeah. is good. A graveyard recursion deck probably wants a few more board wipes than your average deck, too. So Yeah, the stats are good. They're not optimized, obviously. Uh, that's something that's up to you all if you want to do. But I think out of the box, it still plays pretty well. And there's a lot of different ways to get an advantage in this game. Slash, you might just kill someone with Cathedral and turn, you know, six. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, all right, let's talk about the big one. Everyone's always curious about the deck value. Note, as with the other decks, we are... Recording this video before the deck has been revealed to the public. So as a result, the prices we're going to refer to, they only take into account the reprints in the deck. Again, there are mm-hmm. 61 reprints. We're not going to count the basic lands. Not the new cards, obviously, because we we don't know the prices on the new cards. They haven't been revealed yet. And the obviously, the prices are from 
previous to the deck being revealed. As soon as the deck is revealed and everybody sees the list, the prices on all the reprints will go down because supply, demand, there's more supply. Yep. All of a sudden, the prices go down. So, But still, because we're doing all of the decks from the same vantage point, at least as far as context with each other, the, the value will at least be consistent. Yep. So the total price of all of the cards, again, not the new cards, just the reprints we added up, was $91.67. A little on the low end for these decks. Yeah, and again, that number's going to drop down. So the sum of all of the $2 plus cards, and there's 16 of them, adds up to $61. And there's only five cards that are $5 and up, and those add up to $29.96. All right, so yeah, this deck is a little on the lower end as far as the reprint value. Mm -hmm. I mean, straight up, you can probably just say that. That's just how it goes. But yeah. there are some notable reprints, and we usually base this off of cards that are more expensive than Soul Ring, so sort of 450 and up. Um, the first one is Karametra, God of Harvests. All of the gods really have had a very high price point over the years just because they are very powerful and great in our format. Karametra is a card that I've liked quite a bit. It helps you ramp. Um, it's very creature-based, but it's a five-mana legendary enchantment creature god that probably is never going to leave the battlefield. <laughs> People don't usually... They have to have exile, and you usually have to have exile enchantment. People may remember Melissa Toroff ran it in oh, yeah. uh, the Game Nights Chantress. episode with yeah with Prof. Yep. Very popular. But so. that was sitting at 12 bucks, and that's probably going to drop a bit now, which is great. Uh, all of these decks have the next card, which is awesome. It's Arcane Signet. This is just a commander staple let's be honest it's going to go in a high percentage of your decks so it's going to be a lot cheaper now since it's not just getting reprinted in one deck it's getting reprinted mm -hmm. in all the decks but i think it'll be like soul ring where you know four or five months after these decks have been out it's going to start to climb back up again and by this time next year or you know january of next year it's going to be right back up probably around the yeah. six seven dollar range so pick these up while they're cheap for sure yeah and this is going to be again because there are five pre-cons coming out this is the biggest because who knows if they're going to be in the other sort of commander cards that are coming out later in the year in the smaller decks uh that go along with the set so this is the time to pick it up for sure it's it's eight dollars right now before it's been revealed that it's reprinted in all the decks yeah and the, you can watch the price of soul ring does basically the same thing in between the commander product releases um the next is a land it's canopy vista and this is a great land because it says land of Forest Plains on it. It's a land that adds green or white, and it enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more basic lands. So this is actually one of the most powerful, I think, new sets of the dual lands that Wizards has printed because it can come into play untapped, and it has the text Forest Plains on there. So they have like, lands from, yeah. what is that, Battle for Zendikar? Yeah, and that means that cards like uh, Myriad Landscape can search this thing out, um, which is great. Uh, it's just a very powerful land, and I'm glad to see it reprinted. Yeah, not Myriad Landscape because it gets only basic. Oh, you're right, it's, you're right. Uh, you're fetch lands, though. Fetch land, and, yeah. yeah. Any land that asks for find a forest or a plains, yep. yeah. Uh, the next one is another land, Gavany Township. Very powerful. It's a land that taps for a colorless or diamond mana, or you can pay two, a green, and a white, and tap the Gavany Township, and you put a 1-1 counter on each creature you control. Hey. Any deck that cares about 1-1 counters is in, is, and is in these colors, and there are a lot of them, yeah. wants a Gavany Township. This is a really good card. Who doesn't want to go to the township? <laughs> Um, and I think this is also played in older formats, which is why the uh, it's, it's sort of gotten up. I don't know why when you said that, I just thought like, oh, I want to go to Gavany Township and get some, and get some, some power cameras. converters. <laughs> it power just converters? Me, it just made me... Uh, Boshy. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go to Tosh Station and get some power converters. <laughs> I don't know why. I just heard Luke say that. All right. The last card is actually a little bit under the soul ring, but it's still a $4 and up card. It's a Chroma Angel of Wrath. This is, again, keyword soup. It's just five white, white, white for a 6-6 six, six with <gasps> Flying First Strike, Vigilance, Tramble, Haste, Protection from Black and Red. Pretty good with Cathrol. Yeah, pretty good with Cathrol. Uh, that thing would just hammer 
you yeah. home and kill you immediately. <laughs> yeah, that thing is brutal if you're it is playing eight mana, so you black wanna, or red. Yeah, you want to cheat this card out more than anything else if you can, if you can help it. So those are the kind of the high value reprints. Now let's go into our next section. We always talk about who you should run as the commander of the deck straight out of the box. Yeah. Sometimes it's cut and dry, sometimes it's not. I think this one is one of the ones that's not, right? Yeah, it's definitely not. It's actually really close and uh, you can make an argument to go any number of different ways with this. But let's look at the most important thing, which is relating to Cathrol, which is keywords. So... Let's look at the total number of creatures in the deck. We have 35 total creatures, which is a pretty high amount. Um, yeah, really high. 27 creatures have at least one relevant keyword to Cathrol. And again, those words are flying, okay. yeah, flying, first strike, double strike, death touch, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, reach, trample, and vigilance. So any of those, the at least 27 cards have one of those words on them in this deck. One creature has two of the relevant keywords, and five creatures actually have three plus relevant keywords. So cards like Acroma or Vampire Nighthawk have three or more. Um, and the non-relevant keywords to Cathro that are also in the deck are Delve, Flash, and Changeling. So thank goodness Cathro can't add Changeling to a card. That would be pretty crazy. Can't add Delve either. That would be weird, I guess. Yeah. Now, of the eight creatures that don't have keywords, again, 27 do, uh, six of them do care about keywords in the graveyard or on the battlefield, or they have an ability that gives keywords to others. So it's definitely playing with this keyword theme pretty strongly. Oh, um, so a lot of the ones that don't are sort of payoffs or yeah, rewards. Yeah, like Audric, Lunark, Marshall oh, is right. one of those. Uh, and then the only two cards without keywords or care about keywords are Sacred Tribe Elder and Seder Wayfinder. And those are just sort of staples for this kind of deck. Right, one's filling your graveyard and one's a ramp card. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now looking at the deck, there are cards that say they have counters matter, and that's more related to Tyam Luminous Enigma. There are 15 cards that give counters, move counters around, or give specific keyword counters. So that also includes Cathril. Um, there are six cards that self-mill you, and then there are nine cards that recur cards from your graveyard. It seems pretty cohesive, too. All this stuff does kind of work together, so I can see why it's possible that uh, actually even the partner commanders could work yeah. with some of this stuff because of the counters moving and matters thing, so yeah, it's interesting. So, so let's look at all of them. Now, there was, uh, when I was writing out this outline, one thing stood out to me. So Cathro's on the box and has multiple 3-CMC ramp spells to get out a 5-CMC commander early, mm. but the thing that really stood out to me is there's only six sources of self-mill in the deck. And so if, it's hard to actually cast Cathrol on five and have anything in your graveyard at yeah. that point that you can... Because turns one, two, and four are when you're going to mill stuff into the graveyard. And so being able to do that consistently with only six sources of self-mill isn't that great. I think we found that a lot when playing the decks too. Uh, when either the Cathrol player, or if you're playing the Cathrol deck, a lot of times you're like, well, I could cast Cathrol. What yeah. am I going to get? Uh, one ability and one, one, one counter. Well, I don't want to do that then. Yeah. I need to figure out some way to get some stuff into my graveyard. So you don't end up casting Cathedral until like eight, nine, turn 10, because that's the point at which your graveyard actually has enough stuff to make it worth it. Yeah. It's a five mana three, three with like, fly, well, let's say a five mana four, four with like flying. Not that great. Yeah, and you kind of just lose out on the fact that, you know, like you want to do this early and have a huge impact because you want to drive. I think if you're going to play this Voltron or go Swarmy, you need to have a lot of stuff out there to use Cathro's ability for. Yeah. Um, now, so the question is, is it worth it to play Cathro if you're only going to get one to two keywords out of your graveyard or is it more worth it to run a card like Tyam? who gives counters to every card you play, and it can recur 22 cards in the deck. So I count all the three CMC cards or less. Oh, that's, um, that's the amount not, of targets that has yeah, not counting lands. Not counting the lands, yeah. So 22 so, cards in the deck can get brought back by Tyam. And we know that some of the ramp lands, like Myriad Landscape, mm -hmm. Cross and Verge, Blighted Woodland, all three of them are sacrificable yes. and then get back out with Tyam. So. Yeah, so there is a bigger argument there, I think, for that. And then Yannick and Nikara are interesting choices. You get card draw and counters. 
I think it's the closest though between Tyam and Cathril. Um, obviously, there are going to be a lot of cards that support Cathril because he's the or she's the the lead singer of the box. But I think the deck overall has more counters matter cards than self mill. So I'm going to choose to build around Tyam because I think it makes the ten cards in, ten cards out a lot easier, and you can actually make it more powerful in this direction. I also think Tyam, when the deck is kind of not optimized, is probably a little bit more powerful in that getting your commander out, getting Tyam out, is really the first thing you want to do, first impactful thing you want to do in the game. And then after that, you want to play your other creatures to get counters on them yeah. and sort of gets the ball rolling all on its own. Whereas Cathril has a whole bunch of stuff you got to do before you play Cathril, which is harder, I think. Yeah, and getting blown out with Cathro on the battlefield and you throw everything on him or her, it's just not, I think, where you want to be necessarily, whereas time gives you a lot more um, flexibility. And also the remove counters and Sun Titan something I think is an incredibly powerful ability. That's what's going to give you staying power. I mean, one of the best ways to win a game of Commander would just be to do that a couple times to get lands into play because getting yeah. extra lands into play is just so powerful. Okay, so we're going to build around Tyam here. Yep. Let's talk about the best cards currently in the deck oh, this first with that in mind. <laughs> Whoa, they did it. We got there. <laughs> All now right. Let's do this about 20 more times, and I think we're about to run a little closer to even in color balance. So I believe that Gavin on Twitter recently, this is the card he was referencing, I think. I he think he so, talked yeah. about creating a white ramp card. Um, he's been doing, obviously, because a lot of people are, you know, isolating at home. Gavin's been doing a lot of content from his house and just talking about magic design and things like that. Cool. If you're not following him on Twitter, uh, you should probably check it out. Okay, so the card is Cartographer's Hawk. It's one in a white for a 2-1 bird with flying. When Cartographer's Hawk deals combat damage to a player who controls more lands than you, return it to its owner's hand. If you do, you may search your library for a planes card to put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Ah, uh, it's... This is what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't care that it's combat damage. I don't care that you even have to bounce it to your freaking hand. At least it gets you a land on the battlefield in mono white. It's repeatable, too. I mean, yeah. it'll get harder as you go and it bounces itself, yeah, but still... This is pretty cool design. It it doesn't break the color pie, right? White yeah. still has to do what white normally does. And it also even has the uh, the restriction of like they have to have more lands than you. So it's not going to be the easiest thing. But it will most likely happen if you're playing like, you know, again, cards that or colors that don't give you everything you need to get ramp going. Right. And it's a, it's a really good start, I think, for white in general. Like we need more cards like this, more thinking like this, which is, hey, we need ramp and we need card draw on white. How can we give it to them? And this doesn't break the color pie. Yeah. So I, I like I like the card a lot. I just keep doing what you're doing, Gavin, and everybody over there, Wizards. Keep thinking along these lines. We need more than just this. But this is a really good start. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not super abusable because you need right. to return it to its owner's hands before searching for your library for a planes card. So you can't, like, hit someone and then flicker it in response to the trigger. It has to go back to your hand, I believe. Uh, the next good card in the deck, best card in the deck, is Selective Adaptation. Oh, yeah, this one's cool. Four green green for a sorcery. Reveal the top seven cards of your library. Choose from among them a card with flying, a card with first strike, and so on for double strike, death touch, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, reach, trample, and vigilance. Put one of the chosen cards onto the battlefield. On the battlefield! The other chosen cards into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Oh, this so. is just good on all axis. One goes directly into the battlefield. Yep. The other one's going to your hand. So anything with the keyword is going to at least go into your hand. Yeah, which is great. Again, six man, this could draw you up to... Seven cards. Six cards, and one goes on the battlefield. Yeah, oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the others go into your graveyard, which is a place you want cards to be. Yeah. Again, especially with Tyam, you want lands in that, in that uh, totally. graveyard. So, yeah, this card, every time we've seen a cast when we've been playing it, it's been like, whoa, that card's 
that card's good. It's good, yeah. It yeah. always does a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's six mana, get one card out and draw a card, that's still good. <laughs> All right. The next one is also a new card from Commander um, Akoria, Commander 2020. What are we calling this set? I have no idea. C20, uh, C20 Coria. One thing I like so far is we're talking about new cards in the best cards in the deck slot. Yes, that's so. one of the best things to do, I think. Yeah. Thank goodness. But some <laughs> a lot of decks, it's like... You go, what are the best cards? Uh, it's Skull Clamp and all yeah. the usual suspects. All right. It's Nesting Grounds. It's a land. You can tap it for colorless or diamond mana. Or you can pay one, tap it, and move a counter from target permanent you control onto another target permanent you control. You can only activate this ability as a sorcery. Nice. This is sweet. Any counter mm -hmm. on any card you can move around. And this used to be something that was only restricted to blue, this idea of moving counters around. This is a land that can go in any deck. It obviously synergizes super well with this deck. But very powerful. The fact that this card exists means it's the first of its kind. Uh, and it's very, really, really unique. So obviously, it's going to be one of the best cards in the deck, yeah, too. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, Netherborn Altar. It's one in the black for an artifact. You can tap it to put a soul counter on Netherborn Altar. Put your commander into your hand from the command zone. Then you lose three life for each soul counter on Netherborn Altar. Really like this card as well. So basically what this is, like let's say time has died three times. It's going to cost way too much to cast. You pay this, you tap it, and so like let's say this you play the same turn you play Tiam. You tap it, that's your two mana commander attacks. It bounces from your commands into your hand, and you can play it for its regular casting costs, and then you lose three life. Now, of course, you can move these soul counters around in this deck, but basically this is basically letting you surpass commander attacks every single time should you want to. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Just a way to get around. Yeah, I can pay life instead of mana, yeah. sort of. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the next card is not a new card, but it's still one of the best cards in the deck. It's Nyx Weaver. This is an innocuous card, but it's so good. Yeah. It's one, a green, and a black. Three mana total for a 2-3 spider with reach. Oh, it's also an enchantment creature. That sometimes matters. Mm -hmm. It says, at the beginning of your upkeep, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. So on your upkeep, you mill two. And then you can pay one, a green, and a black, and exile the Nyx Weaver, and return target card from your graveyard to your hand. So nice. it'll regrow something eventually. This is just like innocuous, doesn't seem like a lot, but... We'll block some stuff because mm -hmm. Cathro might just give it Death Touch or something. Yeah, or Tyam was going to give it Vigilance. Yep. You know? It will mill you every single turn and you want stuff in your graveyard for Cathro and other effects just, you know, recursive. What was there? Nine graveyard recursion spells yeah. in the deck. Tyam too wants things in the graveyard. And again, you want lands in the graveyard for Tyam mm -hmm. or, or three CMC or lower stuff. And then eventually when it's outclassed, you've got enough stuff in your graveyard, or just somebody goes to remove it, or there's a board wipe, you just cash it in and get a card back from your graveyard. You get selective adaptation back so you can cast it again. Yeah, the and again, it's any card. This is one of the cards I like to call like headache cards, where it's like, oh, okay, fine, it's fine now, but then like turn nine or 10, you're looking at it and you're going, well, crap, they're just going to regrow or the turn the witness back. The amount of value that thing has Ugh. gotten them by turn 10. These are some of my favorite cards in Commander in that, it just doesn't meet the threshold of like your opponents need, feel like they have to remove that. Yeah, but it's so it's gonna so sit good. there. But then after six turns or five turns in play, it has gotten you, you know, more value than and you know maybe an Elishnorn even would have gotten you over right. that time. You know, because people are just gonna be like, well, we gotta kill that Elishnorn or steal it. Whereas next week they're like, whatever, it's little increments, but those increments add up. And then what if the next week we got you back your Elishnorn? Uh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sounds exactly like something Craig would do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, we're going to get on to talking about the 10 cards we want to take out of the deck and the 10 cards we want to put in. But before we do, a quick message from our mid-roll sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, 
it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we're back. We're talking about the Abzan Symbiotic Swarm deck, the Ability Counters or just Counters deck. We're into everybody's favorite portion of the upgrade video, which is where we talk about which cards we would want to add to the deck. Now, remember, our total budget is around $25 for this exercise. Mm -hmm. We're not super stringent. We might be a little over, a little under. We're not trying to hit it exactly. but And prices will change, too, between now and whenever you even watch the episode. So Yeah, but we're just not going to talk about a bunch of $20 cards. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> if you have you know Demonic Tutor and stuff, put it in the deck. Yeah. Uh, now, a couple of notes before we get into it. The cards that can move counters from a creature to another used to only exist in blue, so like Fate transfer or leech bonder um but this deck does share a lot of mechanics with the main set and there are cards in ikoria that will pair well with it but we're not going to include those cards on the 10 list because we don't know their prices yet um so we're just going to have a second list after we talk about our first 10 cards that are just going to be some like hey these are kind of cool maybe you should check those out if you are you know drafting the main set and you pull on those cards definitely throw it in there as well okay so we'll talk about the ikoria layer of behemoth cards later separately all right okay Counters matters cards. Uh, so if we're running time as the commander, we obviously want cards that are going to give us a lot of counters and ways to remove a bunch of counters without having to worry about running out of them. One of my favorites is Mana Gorger Hydra, a card that just gets out of control very quickly. Uh, one that's sometimes even more important than the Planar Bridge on the battlefield, if you're a Game Nights <laughs> fan. Uh, it's a 2 and a green for a 1-1 one, one Hydra with Trample, and whenever a player casts a spell, play plus one, plus one counter on Mana Gorger Hydra. Has Trample, so it's going to be a great attacker eventually, but also it's just going to grow so much in a game. Yeah, it's great because all those counters you can cash in with Tyam for stuff in your graveyard if you want to, or you can just bash people. Yeah, and give it Vigilance if you cast it after Tyam, pretty good. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the next one is, and, and Mana Gorger Hydra, a little on the spendy side for, for our budget. It's about $5, but yeah. still within range. Uh, the next one's much cheaper, $1 for Death's Presence. Five and a green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control dies, put X 1-1 counters on target creature you control where X is the power of the creature that died. This is this is really good. Yeah, typically this is just okay. It's an expensive enchantment, and it's like, great, you put you made a creature huge, I'll just chump block it. But those counters matter so much more with Tyam. And again, if it's a three CMC or less creature that died, you get to get it back with Tyam, and you just sort of keep this train going, and soon you're going to be in a surplus. Your economy of plus one, plus one counters is going to be much better as a result. <laughs> much better to be in an economic surplus. Yeah. Um, now, a big, cre now, a big thing, obviously, too, is having a sack outlet for cards like Death's Presence. So Carrion Feeder is a great, great example of that. It's a really cheap creature, black for a 1-1. One, one. says Carrion Feeder can't block. However, it also says sacrifice a creature, play plus one, plus one counter on Carrion Feeder. This in Death's Presence really good, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, just moving counters around, sacking stuff, getting more counters. Yeah, and then time removes those counters. Carrying Feeder also collects counters when they sacrifice a card, so that's actually really powerful there too. It's, you know, you could say like, oh, I want a Viscera Seer in this deck. It's like, no, you actually want a card close to the Carrying Feeder because I think it synergizes much better with a tie Yeah, it gets counters. Yeah. Um, the next one is Classic in a Counters Matter deck. It's Winding Constrictor. Black and a green for a 2-3 Snake. If one or more counters would be put on any artifact or creature you control, that many plus one of each of those kinds of counters are put on that permanent instead. And if you would get one or more counters, you get that many plus one of each of those counters instead, meaning you, the player. That's not really going to happen in this deck. The interesting thing about this one is it'll synergize with Tyam's Vigilance counters. You get two Vigilance counters, which doesn't actually make it so you tap when you attack counter to what we said (laughs) earlier, but is good because Tyam wants to take counters off stuff and... This would allow you to still have Vigilance. some abilities after you do that, right? Yeah. Or, or just having two abil- two vigilances to take off to cash in for time is a lot better than having one. I mean, this is almost on the level of doubling season in a yeah. deck like this. It just doubling all of it. Now, it does not synergize with Netherborn Altar because it's going to get two soul counters every time you have a one constrictor out. But it's so good with the rest of the deck that I think it's just worth it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, now, abusing Time's ability, aka the Sun Titan ability, uh, there are some very obvious cards you should put in there. Eternal Witness is one mm-hmm. that's just... We've seen this loop before with Sun Titans before where you cast a Sun Titan, your Eternal Witness comes back to get another card. Find a way to get this Eternal Witness back in the graveyard. You can just keep doing this over and over again, and you always get this repeatable effect. Um, Eternal Witness is really simple. It's one green green for a 2-1, and when it enters the battlefield during your turn, target card from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah, it gets any card too, so that's what I like about it. It it sort of turns Sun Titan, so Tyam, into something that will get you any card you want rather than only the three CMC or less stuff because Eternal Witness comes back on the battlefield and you're like, oh, I want Selective Adaptation. Cool, I got that in my hand now, whereas Tyam by itself couldn't get you that card. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Animate Dead. It's so an enchantment aura. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, here we go. It's, it's, it's a lot simpler than it's about to sound, okay? It's one in a black for an enchantment. You enchant creature card in a graveyard. When in, when Animate Dead enters a battlefield, if if it's on the battlefield, it loses enchant creature in a graveyard and gains enchant creature put onto the battlefield with Animate Dead. Return enchanted creature <laughs> card to the battlefield under your control and attach Animate Dead to it. When Animate Dead leaves the battlefield... That creature's controller sacrifices it. Enchanted creature gets negative one, negative oh. Okay, listen. It's because there's no way to enchant a card in your graveyard. The rules just don't really have a good way to handle that. But basically, you're regrowing a, you're, you're putting a card from your graveyard onto the battlefield. Enchantment, uh, animate dead as an enchantment is the thing that's holding it there. So if it leaves the graveyard, then the creature goes back to the graveyard. And then the creature gets negative one power for some reason because they wanted to make it more complicated. Yeah, and if you read the old old text for this, you will be doubly confused. Basically, you cast this card, you get a creature back, it gets minus one, minus yeah. so. If yeah. you lose the enchantment, you lose the creature as well. Most importantly, it's a two CMC spell. So it gets any... Basically, this says get any creature out of your graveyard. We don't care what the CMC is anymore because you just get it with this mm-hmm. this aura. Yeah, I like so, that a lot. Tyam brings back the enchantment aura and then you can fetch any card out of your graveyard. You that can get a, a chroma, no, protection from black. Dang yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, no, oh, no, maybe not chroma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next is Fauna Shaman, one in the green for a creature elf. Shaman 2-2, we saw this have great effect in the last Game Nights episode. Uh, you can pay a green and tap it to discard a creature card and search your library for a creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Again, this works well with Cathro, but more importantly, works well with Tyam. You drop something in there that's three CMC or less, you can get it back, and you also fetch 
fetch any card out of your deck. There are many great targets uh, for the creatures you can grab here. Um, obviously, I think Eternal Witness is the one that we've mentioned already that is just going to be great. The the great thing about Fauna Shaman and its more way more expensive counterpart, Survival of the Fittest, is it goes and finds you the creature you need right now. Yeah. So you're just looking at, do you really want just only access to the creatures in your hand or do you want access to all creatures in your deck? I'd go for all creatures in your deck. That's probably going to be a little bit better. Yeah, catch that Wayfinder in for something much scarier. Yeah. Uh, next is a series of cards. And, I, you know, I took a lot of inspiration from Carador decks because they're constantly recasting things out of the graveyard. And it's like, well, what if you're constantly sun-tightening things out of the graveyard? Mm. Um, the Plague Crafter slash Merciless Executioner slash Fleshbag Marauder are all three-mana cards that when they enter the battlefield, each player sacrifices a creature and Plague Crafter says, or Planeswalker. But usually you play this, you sacrifice the creature itself and everyone else loses a creature. Tyam, if you're getting these cards back once a turn, even multiple times a turn, you will shut down the whole board. If you want to never lose to a Voltron deck, just play all three of these cards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and the next is also a grouping of cards. It's uh, the O-Ring effect. So there's Oblivion Ring, Banishing Light, and Grasp of Fate is the sort of more expensive one. The best of one. all of them, yeah. Yeah, I'll read Grasp of Fate. It's one white white for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, for each opponent, exile up to one target non-land permanent that player controls until Grasp of Fate leaves the battlefield, and then those re permanents return to their owner's control. Uh, Oblivion Marine and Banishing Light each do singular targets. Grasp of Fate does one from each of your opponents, but they're enchantments that basically remove stuff until the enchantment itself is gone. Mm -hmm. I kind of think of it like that prison that Zod gets stuck in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like exiled off in this thing, and then but if you ever break that weird glass thing, Zod comes out. I'm talking about the original Superman, not the uh, movies, not the newer one. Isn't it similar to Ugin and they had some sort of vault of yeah. types? If you break it, oh, here come the Eldrazi again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so similar things. Uh, again, these are all three CMC or less, and people are going to want to remove your O-Ring slash Grass of Fates. Grass of Fate is great if you can recur it. Yeah, it's like, well, well, too bad. It's coming right back, and now I can choose better targets than I did before. So very, very powerful there. Um, now, Proliferate is something that is obviously going to be very powerful in this deck, too. You have counters running around all over the place. And fortunately for us, Proliferate has been a mechanic that has been sort of brought back by Wizards recently. Yeah, War and the Spark. in the colors that we want it to be in. So Evolution Sage, this Ooh. card is perfect with Tyam. It's a 3-2 for 2 and a green, so RE3 CMC or less. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, Proliferate. So Proliferate is choose any number of permanents and or players, then give, give each another counter of each kind already there. So it doubles all the counters on your stuff, including your Vigilance counters that you get from Tyam. And Tyam also can bring back lands, which means it's going to doubly affect the fact that you can get Evolution Sage, play a land, get a land back with Tyam, boom, counters everywhere, use it again, go nuts. Really awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great card. And then there's also Karn's Bastion, which is a land that proliferates, and Polymbrite Druid, which is, I think, potentially, if you put this in, could be one of the best two drops in the deck. It can put a plus one, plus one counter on a target creature when it enters, or it just pr proliferates. Yeah, so good, because... I love commons a... that just blow out the power level. It's yeah, great. I love... It's like Nyxweaver, kind of, where it's like, it's low CMC, it doesn't seem like a huge impact, but this is a good play early and it's a good play late yeah yeah which is exactly the kind of card you want in this and deck. 17 cents yeah exactly also i think mitch would be so proud <laughs> all right let's talk about the honorable mentions so <laughs> this first one we put in there it is within the budget range but it's one of the meanest things i think you can do with tyam oh yeah because you can recur it so it's yeah. pernicious deed it's one a black and a green for an enchantment you pay x you sacrifice pernicious deed and then you destroy each artifact creature and enchantment with converted mana cost x or less Rough. so this is a recurrable board wipe 
with Tiam. If you just do it for three, it gets rid of itself, and then you can just well, well you sacrifice it's anyway. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you do it for three, you can get it back, and Tiam stays alive. So you can even do it for more, and just also while the triggers on the stack, use Tiam because sacrifice is part of the cost, right? So it'll be in there. Yeah, and get it back. I believe that'll work. We're, no, I'm you're not, right. It is part of the cost. It gets sacrificed, and then the then trigger the triggers happens. on the yeah. stack, and then you're like, okay, before everything is blown up, I'll activate Tiam. <laughs> And then I'll, so you know, time is going to die. Yeah, but I have pernicious heat in my hand back again. What are you going to do? Quick way to make everyone hate you a lot. <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of ways for everyone to hate you in this deck. Uh, and the other honorable mention is mm-hmm. one that I recommend no one do. It's Strip Mine slash Wasteland plus cards like Raymond Epp Excavator slash Crucible of Worlds. Or even Tyam yeah. can just do it, right? Because yeah. you sacrifice Strip Mine, blow up somebody's land, pay three, remove three counters, get Strip Mine back into play. And every single one of these cards is three CMC or less, which yeah. means Time just loves all of them. But don't do that. And it's also expensive, so put your money towards I, I something think, more fun. I think Strip Mine without Crucible and Ramanap Excavator is probably okay, because Time you're having to pay three mana. Yeah. You're not going to be able to just like di- like blow up everybody's lands, but you can definitely like get rid of a key land and then do that again later. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to... You don't have to go nuts. You don't yeah. have to do the... I think the... Strip Mine is fine. Don't... If you put in the full package, Wasteland, Ramanap, and Crucible, now... Well, I mean, it's again, that's fine too as long as your <laughs> opponents know that's what you're doing. This is like, fine. Everything is fine. It's fine if you're playing against Kyle Hill, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> one more one more dig at you, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the cool cards from Ikoria. Uh, this first one is one I think definitely would This is from the main deck. set stuff? Yeah, this is from okay. the main set. So this is the Ozolith. It's one mana for a legendary artifact. Whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, put those counters on the Ozolith. Ooh, interesting. At the beginning of combat on your turn if the ozolith has counters on it you may move all the counters from the ozolith onto target creature oh wow and this is an artifact so if they like destroy all creatures mm-hmm. you kind of get to keep all your your enhancements yeah and Catherine obviously loves this card tyam loves this card because the vigilance counters will always be going on it and you can just sort of pass those around you yeah. can get a creature with like 12 times vigilance on it yeah <laughs> The, Does the, it, is it tapped or untapped? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's odd or even. You have to add it up. You're like, All right, guys, let me count the vigilance counters. One, two, three, four. Okay, it taps. Great with Tyam, obviously, because you get to save your counters. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, the one way to like really get mess this deck up is like, oh, you have all your counters on these things. I'll get rid of them, but the Ozil just board wipe. keeps them around. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, the next one is Keen Sight Mentor. It's two and a white for a 1-4 creature, human cleric. It says... When Keensight Mentor enters the battlefield, put a Vigilance counter on target non-human creature you control. And then you can pay one and a white and tap it to put a 1-1 counter on each creature you control with Vigilance. Wow. So there's a note here. There's a cycle of Mentors. So Um, yeah, the white one is Vigilance. The green adds Trample. And the black is Cares About Lifelink. But this is cool because most of your creatures should have Vigilance because Tyam is giving it to them when they Mm -hmm. come out. So this is a way to just 1-1 counter everything. If you got Winding Constrictor or something, that can get out of hand pretty fast. Yeah, it's kind of like Gavney Township for your Vigilance creatures. Yeah, very cool. But cheaper. Uh, Frondland Felidar, two green and white for a 3-5 creature cat beast, has Vigilance. And creatures you control with Vigilance have pay a mana, tap, tap target creature. Oh, they all become tappers. Yeah. Oh, that would make Craig so sad. Yeah. You know, when I was looking through this set, I was like, okay, time has to be the commander here because look at all of these. These two cards are perfect synergies with it. Yeah, that's an underrated power to have because any really big scary threat, you're like, okay, yeah. I can take care of that for one mana. They just can't attack with it. Yep. Like, Blightsteel Colossus, don't care. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. All right, the next one is Luminous Brood Moth. Mothra. This is a cool one a lot of people are talking about. So it's, yeah, this is the Mothra card. If you didn't see the previews, there are Godzilla, Ghidorah, uh, Mothra. Mothra, 
versions of certain cards in the deck. So if you have a Mothra, it's a Luminous Broodmoth, or you can have the Luminous Broodmoth version, but I would suggest the Mothra version. Yeah, okay. Pretty cool. It's two white-white for a 3-4 creature insect, has flying, and it says whenever a creature you control without flying dies, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. Whoa. So if it dies again, use time to take the counter off, and guess what? comes right back. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I know there's um, some combos people are talking about with Solemnity, because yeah. it doesn't allow counters to be put on. Mm-hmm. So you can basically like find any creature and just sacrifice it over and over again, because Mothra just keeps her. bringing it back. So if it's Sun Titan or something like that, it'll just ETB. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool card, though. It is Mythic, so this is probably going to be, I would assume, one of the pricier cards in yeah. the set. It's yeah. got a very high power level on Definitely it. Definitely the Mothra versions will be, too. Yeah. Uh, next up is Vivian Monster's Advocate. That's one of the new Planeswalkers. It's three green green for a three loyalty Planeswalker. It has a static ability, like the uh, the newest Planeswalkers we've seen recently. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast creature spells from the top of your library. So mm-hmm. that's pretty good. And then the plus one is a create a three three green beast creature token and put your choice of a vigilance counter, a reach counter or a trample counter on it that's cool and then the minus two which again you can do the moment you play this commander or this uh, planeswalker when you cast your next creature spell this turn search your library for a creature card with lesser converted mana cost put it onto the battlefield then shuffle your library wow wow so you're like okay this turn i'm gonna cast an eight drop and i can go find seven or less and just put it on i get a wow and and you it creates a blocker which is one of the most important things not only does it create a blocker but it creates a blocker with a counter on it so tyam likes it too the static ability is super good on this card too it's just card advantage yeah yeah wow that's a really good one yeah i think it's one of the best vivians ever printed all right the next one is nethroy apex of death it's two white black green for a five five legendary creature it's a cat nightmare beast it has mutate for four a hybrid hybrid (laughs) white green and two black so seven mana for its mutate um should we say what mutate it is, is again? You can cast it for its mutate cost, and then you attach it to a non-human creature, and then it gets the abilities of both cards, but the power and toughness of only one of them, depending on which card you put on top. Mm-hmm. All right. It has Death Touch and Lifelink. It's pretty good. Whenever this creature mutates, return any number of target creature cards with total power 10 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. What? <laughs> if you load up with three CMC cards, this is just a, th- a seven mana get three more cards onto the battlefield. Wow. It's so and you could potentially get four, maybe even five, like a Pollen Bright Druid, a Nyx Weaver. And, yeah. You know, there's and lots. it's good with Cathrol and everything too because it has Death Touch and Lifelink. So yeah. if you're sitting in your graveyard, it's going to do some work. Also, just a five mana, five, five Death Touch Lifelink is pretty good. Yeah, you can even get some Eldrazi back with this because it's total power 10 or 10, less. It yeah. could just be one card, right? So this is, again, very, very powerful and it's going to probably, again, be one of the pricier cards in the set because of the power levels up there all right the final one is death's oasis it's white black green for an enchantment whenever a non-token creature you control dies put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard hey then return a creature card with lesser converted mana cost than the creature that died from your graveyard to your hand oh and you can pay one to sacrifice it and you gain life equal to the greatest converted mana cost among creatures you control it's got the feel of a scrap trawler a little bit yeah which is an extremely powerful card. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, that one works a little different, but this this harkens to that, I'd say. On an enchantment. Yeah. So pretty good. So there's a lot of really interesting cards to add in for my Coria here. I would just suggest you look through, and there's also lots of cards that add ability counters if you're looking to do a more budget version. Uh, these are obviously the flashiest ones that we found in there, so we thought they'd be pretty fun to talk about. 
All right, let's call, talk about the cards we want to take out. Because if you're going to add all these cards in, you're going to have to take out a bunch. Yes. Um, and oh, a lot of these also are we're taking out because Cathro is no longer the lead singer. Right. So. Since we're building around Tyam, some of these cards don't make as much sense anymore. The first four we're going to talk about are the four we're taking out of every deck. Well, not every deck has four of them. But if they're in the deck, we're taking them out. So the Bonders ornament is in every deck. It's the three mana artifact that taps for a man of any color, and then you can pay for it and tap it, and each player who controls a permanent named Bonders ornament draws a card. Uh, yeah. Self-explanatory, not that great. <laughs> uh, and then the impetus cycle. These are the auras, enchantments that have go that goad the creature you enchant and then give some other sort of ability to it. Ostensibly, so you have the choice to either put it on your own creature or put it on an opponent's. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, like these just don't go along with any of the main strategies that these decks are doing. So yeah, most just, of them want to take them out. They're like the cool new cards in the set that may find a house somewhere else. Yeah. All right, the other cards that we're getting rid of, the first one is actually in a cycle that we do consider to be very powerful, but I just believe this is the weakest of all of them. I'm surprised. Uh, I, 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 well, let's you talk about it. You might still like, I, for me, there's a there's between this and another card. So it's Obscuring Haze, two and a green for an instant. If you control a commander, you may cast the spell without paying its mana cost. And it's prevent all damage that would be dealt this turn by creatures your opponents control. So it's actually a better fog because you could attack into someone and cast this and their creatures won't deal yours damage, but yours will deal theirs. Or it's just a free fog effect on your turn. Yeah. Or someone else's turn too. Yeah. I, I think fog effects are underrated in Commander and will often save your bacon in spots where like nothing else will. And the fact that it's a free fog is a lot. And then this has slightly additional upside. You're right in that your creatures will still deal damage. So yeah. you can blow somebody out in combat. I don't know. I like this card quite a bit. I would probably try and keep it in. Yeah, I just would rather run the Spore Frog that I can recur with Tyam. Yeah, I think Spore Frog is yeah. also really, really good. But Spore Frog's on the battlefield. You can see it. True, 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 true. And you can't cast it for zero mana. Right. All right, uh, the next card is Aerial Responder, and it's similar to Vampire Nighthawk. These are just one black, black, or one white, white for a creature. The Responder has Flying Vigilance Lifelink, and the Nighthawk has Flying Death Touch Lifelink. Now, these cards would be great if Cathro was the lead singer, but Cathro is not. Uh, and the same goes for a chroma as well. We're also removing that. It's just a very expensive card for a lot of keyword soup, and we're not trying to do that necessarily in the deck. Yep. And then this is a card that we all love to see in the pre-con environment. But... In the pre-con environment, this card wrecks. In the wider world of Commander, it's very, very meh and too expensive. It's mm-hmm. a Talpa, Primal Dawn. Six white, white for a 4-8 legendary creature, Elder Dinosaur. It has flying, double strike, vigilance, trample, and indestructible. In the pre-con environment, this hits the table. There aren't that many answers to it, and so yeah. it tends to just kind of run amok. Or people, everybody copies it, and there's a bunch of them running around. It tends to happen a lot. In the wider world of Commander, there's people are aware of the fact that indestructible and things are going to exist. They have a lot of exile, exile and, effects, and, yeah. and stuff like that, and Zatapa doesn't do much. So unless it, you're cheating it out, not really. Really, the most useful part of this card is to get it into your graveyard and then you use it with Catherall. But if mm-hmm. you're not running Catherall as a commander, you don't even really want to do that. So I would yeah. totally take it out. And the last card I would remove is Soul Flare. It's four black black for a creature demon. That's a 4-4 four, four with Delve. So each card you exile from your graveyard while casting the spell pays for one of its mana. So this could at its cheapest be black black. If a creature with card with flying was exiled with Soul Flare's Delve ability, Soul Flare has flying. And the same is true for First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Haste, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. So this is basically getting rid of cards in your graveyard to create a very powerful Soul Flare. Um, obviously, with Cathro, this is the kind of card they'd be like, oh, cool, yeah, you can make the Soul Flare super huge. But it kind of kills the point of tie-in because you're getting rid of the cards that you want to recur. So it, it's just a bit of a nombo. Yeah, uh, when I play the deck, 
I had Soul Flare in my hand. I remember most of the game thinking like, I don't want to cast this. Yeah, it just is going to take it's away. It's so you. awkward. Yeah. Yeah, because it actually hurts me more than it helps me probably. And so, yeah, I really don't want cards in my hand ever that I, I'm not happy to cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, now that we're here, let's talk about how the deck does play. Now, we've only run the deck with Cathril uh, in our test games with each yeah. other. Um, and it's sort of like what Josh said. It, sometimes it just gets a little awkward when you're like, I can cast my commander, but doing so does nothing for me. My graveyard has zero cards in it. But there are times when later in the game, some stuff's gone down. You actually, if you'd managed to get a mill engine going, mm -hmm. Cathro seems insane because sometimes people play it and you're like, you get what? Okay, so I get first strike on this, indestructible on that, yeah. double strike on this, trample on it. This thing has flying. Cathro gets seven one one counters, you know, and, or and you're like, oh my god, what the heck just happened? <laughs> yeah, your Zatalpa is actually the scariest thing in the world right now. Oh yeah, we saw Zatalpas that were just like insanity. Plus yeah. it can get a lot of 1-1 one -one counters onto something like a Zatalpa because of other effects in the deck. So it can do stuff, but it's kind of like high variance. Some yeah. decks, some some games it would seem to do not much at all, and then some games it's like, that's that's crazy. Yeah, and so, not to mention if you're playing in the wide world of Commander, there's going to be a lot of board wipes around, and yeah. Cathedral is very, very fragile to that. And recasting a five drop commander to cost seven mana the next time, it's that's gonna yeah. be most of your turn. So I think that's in general, Cathedral, like you said, high variance is a great way to put in. Yeah, you so you might also think about putting in some stuff that protects against against board wipes. Mm -hmm. uh, might be a good idea too. All right, to the listeners, what do you think of this Obzon deck? What cards did we miss? Would you agree with us? Would you run Tyam as the commander out of the box, or do you think it's better to go with Cathedral? If you did go with Cathedral, are there some cool cards? that you think of that maybe we didn't think of that caused you to want to run Cathro. Like, one of the things that's tough is ability counters haven't existed before. Yeah. And in the history of Magic, there's not a lot of cards that just generically mess around with counters. Yeah. But so it's possible we just miss some cards. Uh, you know, put it in the comments if you came up with something cool. This could be a hidden Skullbriar deck where you just play Cathro and load Skullbriar up and then just find ways to keep recurring it from every zone. Sure. Just hope it doesn't get exiled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first... Yeah, you start doing that, so it's oh, just going to path it. Oh, no! <laughs> My hidden Skullbriar deck. All right, if you want to pick up this deck or any of the pre-con decks or any of the cards from the main set or sealed product from the main set... Anything at all, just go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. When you use our affiliate link, you really are supporting all of our content. This show, game nights, everything we're doing here, we've got a lot of bonus content coming out because of all the sets that are coming out this month. And so your support really does allow us to do all that. Yeah, and of course, Ultra Pro 2, one of the sponsors of the show. Both of these companies are you know, tirelessly working to make sure that they can still keep things going in this difficult time period. So your support means more than it ever has. And again, like Josh said earlier, you know, if you can't support Ultra Pro or Card Kingdom or us right now, you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram. You can send a message, right? Even just see positive words on my Twitter feed makes my day so much better even if things aren't looking great in other aspects I know that you know you're you left a positive comment somewhere or you subscribed and follow us or you, you know you tagged us in the post and you asked the question and kept the conversation going because that is what I think is the most important part about this whole isolation thing is just we are able to still talk to each other so let's use the resources we have available to us whatever they may be yeah, very, very cool. Okay, we're not going to do the end step like we have it on these other upgrade videos because they we're doing so many and we don't have that many cool things going on, especially right now. <laughs> you know, we watch can talk about... We can uh, about uh, use Netflix. Uh, yeah. yeah, watch something on Netflix. Tiger King. <laughs> Tiger, <laughs> I don't know if I give a thumbs up to the events that happened to Tiger Listen, King. Listen, I'm not giving a thumbs up to the Tiger King. There you go. King. I'm giving a thumbs up to the documentary about yeah, the Tiger King. Pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, check that out on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Big shout out to our editing, graphics, and logistics team, which is Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, and Sam Waldo. And as always, big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the living card animations that start and end our show on YouTube, as well as live behind us on set and on game nights. You can find him on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. All right, everybody. If I'm correct, this will be the fifth and final of these upgrade videos for the pre-cons. Next, we'll be starting to tackle the various set reviews. We're yeah. going to look at the new legendary creatures. We're going to look at the cards that go into your 99. We're going to look at both the commander product and, and the main set. Oh, boy. So we've got a lot coming up. If you haven't hit that notification button for... If you haven't subscribed, and then... I always want them to notif hit the notification and then subscribe, but it won't work that way. <laughs> subscribe and then hit the notification bell. We still have a ton of content on the way. You don't want to miss it. We're going to have all the spicy tech. Good stuff. All of it. All of it. We won't miss any of it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try our best. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.